I've heard rumor that Izzy's mom has got it going on. How'd you know? (laughs) I heard that rumor too. Welcome to episode 8 of Podigis, your weekly critically nostalgic analytical tour through the Digimon multiverse. I'm Jeff Ruberg, and I'm joined by Ashley McDonald Yo. and Asher Softman. Hey. This week we're covering the defeat of Myotismon, so here's a quick recap. We pick up directly after finally finding out Kari is the 8th Digidestin. Episode 35, Flower Power. The parents stop being completely oblivious and teach us how to be bad parents. There's a reprise of the silly not-at-all-religious chant to defeat the Bakemon, and Togemon de-digivolves into a manic pixie dream flower girl to make dark Tyrannomon a pretty collar. In episode 36, City Under Siege, Joe proves he's responsible by kidnapping TK, almost drowning him, and then almost drowning himself. Luckily, Ikakumon digivolves into Thor to save the day. Meanwhile, Matt does a terrible job babysitting Kari, and Tai tells Sora to hook up with him. In episode 37, Wizardmon's Gift, all the kids gather at the Fuji TV station to complain that they don't have TV signal. Tai, Kari, and Demi Devimon play Monkey in the Middle until Wizardmon sacrifices his hat to defend Kari. Gatamon defies logic to digivolve into an angel and then destroys Myotismon. In episode 38, Prophecy, the kids receive a prophecy from Jedi about recycling. Myotismon comes back as a giant kaiju and destroys most of Odaiba. TK and Kari wish they didn't have siblings, so they tell their angels to murder their older brothers, but it backfires when the arrows of light trigger warp digivolutions. <laughs> <laughs> in episode 39, The Battle for Earth, War Greymon and Metal Garurumon play soccer with the rubble of the Fuji TV station and defeat Venom Myotismon for realsies this time. The sky gets a new trippy screensaver, and the kids leave their parents to go back to the digital world and save the world from the ugly screensaver. Okay, so the general discussion of this arc. I guess we talked before in the last episode about the last arc, how it's weird how much I remember of the real world arc is in this half of it. Um, not even half, it's five out of 11 episodes. I mean, all the stuff that I consider cool in terms of like, that would be cool to a little kid, like a Lilymon, Zudomon, Angelomon, Death of Myotismon, Venom Myotismon, Wargreymon, Metal Gurumon, that's all in this arc. And there's basically no new Digimon in the other half. And I think there are lots of more interesting things that happen in this arc that are not just for kids, that are interesting to us too. Like the several interlocking plots uh the rest of the parents are introduced which involves lots of interesting family dynamics the digimon and partners start splitting up in ways that haven't really been explored before kari sacrifices herself wizardmon sacrifices himself um izzy's adoption conversation finally explodes or the, the ticking time bomb of his adoption <laughs> conversation happens um the chekhov's gun i guess and there's the prophecy all of a dialogue gets destroyed <laughs> yeah I, I i noticed that this time you know all these interlocking threads just means there were a ton of transitions in the episodes okay so i upon rewatch i was like trying to get a screenshot of something i think i started every watch an episode and realized that there are a lot of um like star wars-esque pan they're not pans like the, the screen wipes that look really ugly yeah there are <laughs> has, has that always been the case or is it just for this arc have they always done in digimon i don't know i feel like they've always done it it's just yeah they haven't had a lot of reason to do it right it wasn't like every 30 seconds yeah it wasn't everything it's like there's nothing to see there's nothing to see in the digital world because it's all the same you know speckled background <laughs> and if they're all together like there's no reason yeah to we would just see like focus on a few of them or they would be all together yeah yeah there are so many like i didn't think they really i thought they spent more time for each person but it's basically like this person does this one thing and then switch this person does like it's so uh i don't know like it gives you whiplash kind of yeah yeah and their plans were also bad anyway 
Why should we keep going back and forth to see the next bad choice they're going to make? <laughs> I remember that being the, when I rewatched this two years ago in Japanese and couldn't really understand what was going on, that that was like a main takeaway that was like, whoa, this is uh, really interesting how this like show for kids is like has so many interlocking and complex moving pieces. And it's like a crazy chessboard with like everything going every which way. And, and all of them are bad. <laughs> Tactically they lose the chess game. <laughs> they win by flipping the chessboard. <laughs> That's true, though. There's a moment where Matt makes a game joke that he's like, it's like he cheated at this game by just changing the rules in the middle of it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but now that I actually know what they're doing in all these pieces, it's like so... I don't know why they're all doing... I don't know. Like they, they make decisions. Some I don't know. I didn't really evaluate whether they're bad. I, just, I thought a lot of them were nonsensical. Like, why? Yeah. They were tactically bad choices. And they were made so that the, the events that the writers wanted to happen would happen. But, like, you know, one example is um, when Ty, Matt, and Kari all meet up for the first mm-hmm. time. Uh, and Ty's like, okay, our parents are captured. I'll go save them or whatever. And he goes... And Matt stays with Kari. While Matt is fresh, and Ty had just come from a fight with Phantomon, where Agumon <laughs> was injured, and... Kari fixed him up. Yeah, Kari on. had just finished wrapping Agumon's arm. Well, maybe, I mean, as a devil's advocate, maybe he wanted Kari to be protected by someone who was ready to defend her. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think I tried to make that justification to myself, but at the same time, that it seemed more that Ty was just like, okay, I'm going to do go do all the fighting, whatever. Matt can stay here and watch the kids. Right, it seems weird to me because he left. There was a whole thing with like where they looked at their watches and Ty was like, okay, it's 5.30 now if I'm not back within two hours or something. But then the next time you see him, he's just beating up a Bakamon and he hasn't made any progress. And then like it's two hours later and it's like, what have you been doing for two hours? <laughs> I stopped trying to apply logic to the show. I just, I just watched it. it. Was like cool. I feel like it's especially that thing with the clock, or the watches, and like if I don't come back within two hours. See, I think I can't remember what was. If I don't come back within two hours, what? What was? Uh, I think the 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 if I don't come back in two hours, grab Kari and get out of here. I think is what uh, okay. But why? Because it was a stupid tactical decision to split up the kids <laughs> that the writers wanted to happen so that Kari could get kidnapped. Like, Matt's dad told them to stay there because it was safe. Right? Zero <laughs> percent mm. sense. So, so I, in thinking about this and the, all the different plot threads, I, I thought of it as, it seemed like this uncanny valley of understanding where, as, as a kid, when I first watched, I probably didn't care that they were doing all this like the fact that there were so many different threads going on. And then at some point you like get enough appreciation and whatever awareness to be like, oh, it's cool to doing all these things. And yet you don't question the reasons. And then like we've come back around where it's like, maybe we think it's interesting all these things are going on, but the reasons don't make any sense. <laughs> and I feel like that that target audience of like people who like that there are all these things going on and are confused by the things going on and yet don't find the reasons so ridiculous. Like it's such a small, so I don't really know who they were targeting to appreciate to like understand and not be confused but also to i don't know like they just they introduce so many characters that there have to be a million threads even they're not good but they could have grouped up and like all gone as a group right whereas like maybe like two different groups or something point that they like i don't know what the point is but they get attacked randomly in their homes it is shown yeah i mean that 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 reason is but then there are times when they meet when people meet up and then split up again like ty and when ty tells Sora to hook up with matt like they meet up they could go together to do whatever and like yeah it doesn't like so the Sora runs away with bergamon 
And Lilymon. Uh, no. Yeah, she grabs Lilymon too. Lilymon was knocked right. out at this point. I'm just thinking, but then Lilymon wasn't in that scene where she met up with Ty. Yeah, she was. Okay. She was knocked out. <laughs> okay, so that, that makes sense why she retreated and why Ty went back in. So I'm like, what, why would why would like, Metal Greymon going back be any better than Garudamon leaving? But I guess they were trying to save Lilymon. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I just know that my brother and I, like the whole time we watched the first four episodes together, we were just comparing Ty's tactical decisions to other things that he doesn't approve of. And the best one that came out of that was, episode was it? Uh, we were watching episode 36. And he said, Sailor Moon card game had better strategy. I was like, ooh, sick bird. <laughs> Which did not make sense to anyone except the type of nerds that me and my brother are who had the Sailor Moon card game. Favorites time. Favorites. I always forget about this section. <laughs> I actually wrote the things down. I have one thing, and I think Jeff is going to take issue with it. <laughs> uh, well, Based okay. on the sections you made. My favorite thing was how gay everything was. We await the gay section because Jeff and I didn't pick <laughs> up on this. Okay, there, there's one scene in particular where I picked up on it, but I'm wondering. How to <laughs> anyway, my favorite moment was when Kari said, someone had to stop you from hurting innocent people. And I was like, yeah, you tell him, Kari. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good Kari impression. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, do I even need to edit in Kari's voice? Or like... uh, I but... kind of feel bad about doing impressions because I don't like it, but it kind of came out anyway. Okay, we know how bad your Kasha impression was. Very good Lara Jill Miller impression. <laughs> I had three favorite things, and the first was that I like how ominous it was after they defeat my own smile. I like how... It's like this really victorious moment, and they're like, uh, it's not over? Mm. Huh. And yeah, I, I like that as a thing introduced in, to that thing to introduce the kind of. The show is so. It's so uh, celebratory, especially in the songs. The, you know, it's like as soon as the Digimon Digivolves, it's like, hey Digimon, hey Digimon, blah, 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 blah. Mom's friends and the boys and girls. And it's like, I, I like that, like, it subverts that in this at least. Although I kind of, I mean, I like Katamon getting her revenge. But anyway, and. I like the focus on family in general in this arc. I kind of wish it had been throughout more of the real world section. So it wasn't so like squashed into this part. Um, it's one of the things I really like about Tamers. And uh, so, so piggybacking on that, uh, when I don't know how to explain, but this is one moment after Izzy and his parents have the adoption talk and he's describing the prophecy, the like point about the, the angels shooting arrows of light at their partners, most loved ones or something like that. And they kind of do like this really convoluted way of explaining it by like having images and like one person starts to explain it and another person starts to explain it. And another person starts like finish the explanation. It's like, it's kind of weird. And I, I don't like that. But then it ends with, um, like, I think Tentamon's like, and Izzy or my partner, or I guess, I guess, uh, Izzy's using himself as an example. Like if Tentamon was a Digimon. Tentamon's using Izzy as an example. I watched the mm. scene twice. But okay, <laughs> so Tentamon <laughs> did Asher. Well, no, I I watched um, the second to last episode twice because I wasn't paying attention the first time. <laughs> but um, yes, Tentamon was using Izzy as an example, and then he was like, "And who do you love most?" And he was like, "My parents." Yeah, so so that's the moment when like they haven't had that much time to explore uh, Izzy's reaction to his uh, like you know he's been like well I forget exactly what he says but it's like you know you're still my parents or something is what he says then but it's kind of like okay that's how you'd react but then later once he gets it's like well, who do you love most and he's and then he's like my parents of course and like they exchange this brief look that I probably read way too much into but it's like. Aww. 
It's like, oh, he still considers us his. We, he still considers us his parents, and he loves us the most. Like, oh, I didn't catch. It's much that. more touching when you explain it to me. It is or isn't. <laughs> it is. I just feel like in the way that he refers to them as his parents, because I feel like I think it's the first time he actually says like, "You're not my adopted parents. You're my parents." And I think the look they actually exchange is like, he doesn't actually look like they're touched. You know, it looks kind of weird. <laughs> Like, I think it looks like they're confused or something. So, like, I think I'm reading way too much into it, but, like... Poor animation. <laughs> I like to think that he's, like, my parents. And they're, like, oh, we're yeah. his parents. And, yeah. In that voice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Ah, I actually thought of a favorite moment while you were talking. Okay. I thought and it was that, the gayness. Well, I mean, that wasn't a moment. That was the whole thing. But, that would be a moment. <laughs> <laughs> such a long period of gay but no my favorite my favorite thing was when um joe's brother uh when joe found his brother the first time hiding in the in the closet Mm, i didn't pick up on that (laughs) 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 when he came out and uh bukemon starts talking and he says that the bakemon are creepy and joe's brother which one is this jim there's only yes. one in the dub. There is only one in the dub. It's Jim. His name is Jim. I'm pretty sure he's actually the middle brother, but I'm not sure. Jim and Joe. Yeah. But he's like, you shouldn't talk. And he just like looks so nonplussed. Or not even, not nonplussed. He just looks so done. He's just like, I don't care anymore. I'm talking to this floating thing. Doesn't matter. I'm done. And I, I, I was wondering if that was because, you know, it'd been a crazy day or if medical school burnt him out that much. <laughs> But why? I'm so confused by that conversation because it's like, he's like, I just live in here. Don't you know that, Joe? You lived here for a while. And I'm like, what? What's going on? Does he actually live? Is like, is there a difference <laughs> between where you sleep and where you live? Like, and how does Joe not know this? Like, I was so confused. Uh, Don't think well, about it too hard. I, my understanding of that was that he probably wasn't home very often because he's older and in medical, uh, medical school. Uh, you, had to, you had to make things make sense, didn't you? Okay, so I wanted to get into the like the setting of this arc, and so most of it's set on Odaiba, and uh, I mentioned Odaiba last time, but it's some kind of relevant distinctions are that uh, Odaiba is the island, the main island that they live on, and the actual district of Tokyo, the formal district, is just that one island called Daiba, but commonly, apparently, this is all according to Wikipedia, and commonly Odaiba can refer to the entire cluster of islands. So there are a couple of neighboring islands that are actually in different, they're actually their own districts, and some of them are even like, because of the border is drawn strangely, it's like, uh, well, I think it's kind of strange because the islands are close together, but like the next island over, which is like just over a little bridge, is another, totally another ward of Tokyo, which is like, a, I think is a big, big distinction. So anyway, um, it's really, I find it really weird how the dub tries so hard to avoid saying Odaiba. I have some couple instances of like, uh, when TK is not, TK is, uh, doesn't live on Odaiba, in case you missed my explanation last week. And he hears the TV report um, with his mom. And it says like, the, the quote from the, t- the TV reporter is, the main district of the city has been closed off. And it's like, what? The main district? And that this is when the fog has enveloped the island. And it's clearly just the island, right? Like, and they, they say like, the main district has been closed off. Like, what is that? <laughs> and then, and then later in the next episode, episode 36, when uh, TK and Joe are at the, the ferry trying to cross and they can't get across, they say like, no ferries will be running to the district until further notice. So they say the district, but they don't just say like the island or like, I feel like as a kid, I had no idea what was going on with this. Like, why is there a river? Like, what is going on? Like, there's water, but then they cross it. And <laughs> yeah, I was confused. I'm still confused. <laughs> 
about the geography of this fight, but I mean, for the, for this arc, it's pretty simple in terms of like they're on an island for most of it. The island is what's yeah. closed off, yeah. And TK lives off the island, and Joe was studying at a crane school off the island or something. That's why they were separated. Mm. Okay. I don't think they actually explained why Joe was separated. No, they never did. No. I just assumed that, I guess. <laughs> he was just there. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the information I've gotten about this has come from this really cool fan site uh, that'll be in the show notes. You can find on the show notes page. And it's basically, it seems like this person who visited Tokyo and Odaiba and went to a lot of the sites from Digimon and documented them and took pictures and has like, explanations of all locations along with pictures they took and screenshots from the show showing the comparisons. And it's really awesome. It's like super detailed. So the, there are like tons of different pages for the different areas. And the main link I, uh, that's in the show notes basically has like, it's this like stylized uh, subway map that has on it like an image for every character, which is where they live. And if you click that, it'll, you know, show like, like pictures of the buildings where they live. And then there's like a little digivice over every place where there's a scene in either Adventure or Zero Two. And you click that and it'll like show images and the scenes that took place there. It's really awesome. It's and uh yeah, it's really cool. And apparently the person who maintains the site was in to- was in Odaiba for uh when would it have been? Uh, 2009. Uh there was a like tenth anniversary concert on August first, two thousand nine. Um there was like a small venue and like they played Digimon songs. It sounds super cool. I'm sad that that happened five years ago and that that you didn't get to go. Yes. <laughs> Basically. Okay, so so the first uh, place, like the most, most prominent uh, setting in, in this arc is Tokyo Big Site, which is the uh, that uh, convention center where the Meredith is keeping everyone. Like the parents are held captive, basically. The, it's the like, upside down pyramid looking thing. And this is the reason why I mentioned the different islands before, because it's technically not on Odaiba. It's on like the neighboring island, like directly across the bridge. And it's which is Ariake, which is in Koto Ward. But I mean, like if you refer to Odaiba as the uh, series of islands, I think it includes that as well. And yeah, I don't know. I thought that like seeing the, the convention center with the upside down pyramid reminded me of Datamon's pyramid, which is kind of a strange connection. But the other uh, interesting thing outside of the convention center is uh, there's the weird saw. Did you guys notice that? I'm the one who pointed out the saw. Okay, Ashley pointed out the saw to me. It's uh, like there's like a wall of Togemon and Dark Tyrannomon fighting. You can see it. And I guess I didn't question it. But so so the, the saw is a statue or sculpture called Saw Sawing by uh, Klaus Oldenburg. And this sculptor has uh, created like basically a bunch of these like pop art statues, um, sculptures, whatever, in various cities. And it's particularly relevant for Ashley and I because we're both from Philadelphia. And he has a couple of different things in Philadelphia. There's a giant clothespin. There's a giant paintbrush. There's a giant uh, outlet, like a plug, and a giant uh, button. And we live in San Francisco, and there's also a giant bow and arrow in San Francisco. So it, it's weird because, like, this is something, like, these, these statues are something that my mom, growing up, would always, like, whenever we'd visit somewhere that had them, like, shoot. What's that guy? <laughs> right. So my mom would always show them to me, and I was like, whatever, I don't care. And now I'm like, wait, they were in Digimon all along. Oh, my God. So, my mind is kind of blown. You were right. <laughs> yeah, before the record, I told Ashley that her mind would be blown by something I researched. So so I have renewed interest in this artist now. <laughs> Apparently, when I was like five or something, I got a book from a library that was like about the statues of Klaus Oldenburg. And the, stat- and the book was bigger than me. So that's fitting because they're giant things. Anyway, um, <laughs> the next thing is the Fuji TV. Bu- yeah, the Fuji TV building, which I mean, it's like shown a lot. It's 
trying to think what's actually set there. Like, I mean, Matt's dad works there, mm-hmm. gets torn apart, and then they throw the observation deck. Oh no, no, it's it's where they it's where they actually get, they take down Mayotte's mind. Uh huh. Right, like yeah. they're in the observation Wizard, deck. Wizardmon, yeah, dies there. Yeah, and or Wizardmon. Then Venomous one tears it down, and then they throw the observation deck at him. Yep. As a soccer ball. Mm-hmm. So I found out this thing called Aqua City, which is next to Fuji TV building. And they refer to it in the show, actually. When Tai tells Sora to hook up with Matt, she says <laughs> um, he's in the warehouse next to Aqua City. And so Aqua City is this uh, like shopping center next to Fuji, the Fuji TV building. And what, what I found out from this uh, really cool website with annotated screens or image, the annotated photos is that it wasn't completed until 2000, April of 2000. And so it's actually under construction during adventure. And that's where Matt and Kari are hiding in the construction site, which I was like, oh, that's why it looked like this weird shady back thing, like back alley thing, because they were inside the construction site. And they're actually images like you can, if you like look for it, there are like several places where you see cranes and stuff. And I'm like, well, I, and I think that's a really cool thing that like, it's like a snapshot of what Odaiba was like at the time. construction going on. And from looking at these like places, like pictures of these uh, buildings and places, it, apparently like the show makes it seem so drab and boring and gray and stuff. But like, <laughs> like the actual images, like especially at night are like, they look so pretty. Like everything's lit up really nice and like makes me jealous looks really cool what we have the coolest view from our apartment we do we don't have fancy lit up building like the fuji tv wouldn't look so ugly in the show and lit up it's so pretty um so one thing i also found out looking into this is that like i missed this but apparently the the 2020 olympics are have been decided to be in tokyo Mm. is that the summer or the winter one summer and they're going to be mostly in odaiba we should go (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and it's it's actually going to overlap with with August first. It would be like it would be the twenty first anniversary of Digimon, which is kind of like a weird date, but it can drink in America. <laughs> oh God, Digimon can drink then? Ew, that'd be weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. They apparently the uh, the uh, the convention center, the Upside Down Pyramid, is going to be like the whatever international broadcast center, whatever that means. I assume that means like when you tune into the Olympics, you'll see lots of images of it. And I assume it's where they do the like newscast. Right. Exactly. I don't, I don't know. People would be in it. But does that mean like does that mean viewers of the Olympics will actually see that? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> it's it's weird because like wh- what we see on the show it doesn't seem like it seems like this kind of boring desolate place doesn't seem like the kind of place to be equipped for the Olympics. But apparently they have stuff there. I, gu- I guess it seems so barren this because it's so the animation they can't afford to uh, animate all these people. But I kind of wish they had done something like one one anime I particularly like is Mawaru Penguin Drum and they to solve a similar problem. And there's there's an image of this in the show notes. They basically stylize all the non main characters as like subway symbol people. So like it has the presence of it being streets are full of people, but without actually having to animate all that, which is just an example. I think of, this is preferable. I think it's an example of how you can do stylist you can do interesting stylistic things without the budget to realistically animate everything. And I guess Digimon wasn't really trying to be the most stylistically revolutionary thing though. No. Do you not like it? I don't think it's better. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm I guess I'm being pretty nitpicky to be like, oh the streets are empty, but why would they be empty? Mm. This it was just the implication was that everybody had been gathered up and gone to that convention center. That's true. Yeah, was under Myotismon's spell. Like the streets were definitely filled in the last arc. 
Were they? I feel like they had like a couple people on them. Like, especially when they were in Shibuya, it was like, there are five people on the street. And it's like, in real Shibuya, there'd be like 5,000 or 500 probably. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. And you're right. Like this, that does explain why I thought of it in particular for this one. Cause it's like, yeah, the street is supposed to be empty. But what is with the, Ash, do you remember if for Adventure Zero 2, if they explain how everything has been rebuilt? Cause like almost everything's been destroyed by the end of this are we talking about in the real world? Yeah. Like, I'm thinking in particular when they, spoilers for Zero Two, when they talk to Wizard, Wizard Mon's ghost, like, they do it in the Fuji TV building, which doesn't exist anymore. They do, but I feel like it was already rebuilt. Okay, so, like, in the course of the, like, t- three years, they just yeah, rebuilt they just everything? Yeah, rebuilt Odaiba, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's totally realistic. <laughs> huh. Because, I mean, also, the uh, the bridge where the Parrotmon and Greymon fight happens, like, it gets destroyed in the Parrotmon and Greymon fight. It gets destroyed when Garudamon and Mammothmon fight. And yet it stands in Zero Two because that's where o- Oikawa like transports the kids to the Picasso world. So like they seem to just keep rebuilding these things identically and be like, I don't know how it's got to show it, whatever. It's rebuilt exactly the same as it was before. <laughs> We're not gonna put any more structural integrity into it. It's fine. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess this is being nitpicky because as a kid it was just like I did not understand that like most of the island had been destroyed by the end of this arc. Yeah, neither did I. I didn't notice it until this time. So somebody had pointed out a uh, crazy aristocracy on With the Will pointed out that in the last episode we said was it was the last episode? Digimon. I think it was two episodes ago. Oh, right? it was two episodes ago. I get confused. <laughs> so that good looks, you know, we had said is like good guys. So he said it is true that or he or she said. <laughs> It is true that virus Digimon are usually evil, but I'm not sure the good looks equals good or valuable thing really works for adventure. Things like Kabuterimon and Bergemon are heroes, and they don't look good, at least not conventionally. And then I just got to thinking about, okay, Digimon aren't supposed to have genders or something, maybe. <laughs> but they totally do. That, that's, that's arguable. They're, like the one line, in the, as far as I know, the one line in the canon that says they don't have gender is Renamon and in the Tamer's dub and just the dub. Right, so that's not real. So Digimon have gender. <laughs> and I don't, it just got me thinking. I couldn't think of a lot of female Digimon designs outside of, you know, like, it was interesting to me that Bergermon was not good looking. She soars Digimon. Girls are supposed to be good looking. And Togemon's also not good looking. But Digivolves into Lilymon, so... <laughs> I like how Bergemon is like, you know, you like, Beamon is like cute little bird. Like, oh, I'm a cute little bird. <laughs> and then she just wants the scary, the scary, like, well, I'm made of fire. See, I don't think Bergemon really looks bad. See, okay, so so my response, Ash, uh, like my response, like, I'm with well responded to this uh, this person. And I basically mm-hmm. was like, it reminded me a lot of our discussion about Wizardmon and how I was like, oh, Wizardmon looks bad, but he's good. And I'm like, and your response then was that like, you have so many years of thinking of Wizardmon as being good that you can't think of him as being bad anymore. And I think that's how I feel about a Bergemon and Kabuterimon. Like the idea of them looking evil, I don't even like, like no, because he's Kabuterimon, obviously. Well, didn't I also think... Didn't I also say that Wizardmon doesn't really look that bad anyway? Because he's kind of cute. He's got those giant eyes and he has nice hair. He has nice hair? (laughs) He does. Have you not seen his hair? He has long, flowy hair. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like snakes or something. No, this isn't Soul Eater. (laughs) And I mean, he's got scary zippers, but... So he's a Kingdom Hearts character. Yeah. 
basically. He is a Kingdom Hearts character. He yeah, should be. That must be where he's from. Because, I mean, he's not... Wizardmon's not from the digital world. What? He's what? from uh, Witchelny, which is some, like, made-up magical world. And he came to the digital world. And then I guess he went to the human what is- world. My mind is blown! What's great? <laughs> if you go look at his wiki page, Wizardmon... So this is, like, his, like, card description or something, right? Yeah, yeah. What? Well, well, well this, right. is, this, is some, this is some weird other canon where there are Digimon that exist outside the digital world. Yeah. Hey, man, Jedi, I don't know what he is. Exactly. Exactly. There are so many mysteries yet to be explored. <laughs> but, um, like, I agree with you on Kabuterimon. Kabuterimon still doesn't look good to me, but, like... Doesn't look evil, though. Exactly. Like, they but then scary. Kuagamon doesn't look evil, and he's never good. <laughs> I've never seen a good Kuagamon. True. Like, I guess I wouldn't... Hmm. If things were turned and Kuagamon was the good guy and Kabuterimon was the bad guy, I think it would be basically the same situation. I actually think Kuagamon looks better than Kabuterimon, personally. He does look more like a hero. Kabuterimon has more exposed tendon things going on, I think. <laughs> while, while, you know, Kuagamon has this big, bright shell. I don't know. But he has, like, a poisonous-looking shell. You know? Yeah, I guess. There's also, you know, the whole thing where Japan is a little bit, you know, more of a fan of bugs than America is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ash yeah. knows that I freak out <laughs> with the bugs. It's true. I hadn't thought of that, though, that uh, how Pokemon, you know, like, came from the idea of uh, beetles battling. And then the first villain in Digimon, or the first, like, thing they fight is a giant beetle. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And there are a lot of bug Digimon. There's a whole episode about bug Digimon in season two. <laughs> Uh, season two which which one which one giga house but yeah like yeah i i would say bergermon doesn't look bad she has um like honest looking eyes same as wizard are you are you my oldest mom now we're doing the honest looking eyes thing yeah 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 i am the honest looking eyes thing i don't know see i think bergermon looks ugly but she doesn't look evil yeah Distinction. But we were making, I mean, the, our, our original point was that, you know, all the evil Digimon don't look great. Which yeah. I think is worth bringing up again with Myotismon this time. Because he was pretty-ish. I mean, I don't like him. Though I don't like him visually. But then he turned into the beast and... Uh, yeah, he gets he gets more and more ugly. Yeah, that was not an improvement. <laughs> yeah, no, that wasn't an improvement. No. <laughs> and then he had his, apparently he had his true form in his stomach, which was even grosser. Oh yeah, that was totally gross. <laughs> So I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I don't know. This just got me thinking about how there aren't many female Digimon that aren't attached to partners. Is this a true fact? In this season, hmm. it's a true fact. <laughs> uh, well, I guess some of them don't talk, so we don't know, like uh, Cedarmon and Kawagamon. <laughs> have we met Have we met Dokugumon yet? Yes. They were in the castle. Dokugumon was in the castle. Were they referred to as female? I don't think there was any... I mean, yeah, I think Digimon definitely, there are definitely Digimon, Digimon that are drawn with gender in mind, um, but these beasts, like the ones we're describing as like these animals, I don't think would really be the kind of thing we're thinking of. Oh, wait, there was a village of Yokomon. They were all girls, probably. Mm. Yeah, that's like the one instance that I could think and of. there's Lady Devimon later. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Great. Jeez, is this really, did we, we haven't met any Floramon yet, have we? No. Um. Yeah, I, I can't. Hmm, that's interesting. I wish I had kept that in mind because I mean, I think it is the default. I, I wish I had more evidence to back us up. But I feel like a character isn't introduced as being female unless it's important that they're female. Yeah, mm, that is true. That's really bad because 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, keep going with that thought, Jeff. Why is it bad? It's 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 the same thing that's wrong with video games, where it's like you have a character. I mean, the default is for it to be a white male, and people feel like they have to justify it if it's not any of those things. If it's, and I think they feel that they'll do a disservice to the character if they like, you know, if a person who doesn't know what it's like to be a a woman writes a, a female character, they'll get it wrong. I don't know. I'm just speculating now <laughs> but i think i think it's a super interesting route to keep in mind in the future because i mean we talk so much about gender of the characters mm-hmm. um and we never think yeah. about i never thought about the the choices for the digimon and i mean i'm sure people will be like well digimon are supposed to have gender and they clearly do <laughs> yeah i, I mean I, I mean all the ones that talk definitely do <laughs> yeah um like there are plenty of them that don't talk and but, i mean the ones that do talk they are voiced Maybe there are a couple exceptions that are voiced to be particularly androgynous, but yeah, like there is a conscious choice going on there. I could believe that Digimon don't have sex. Yeah. I can't, especially not in this season, I can't believe they don't have gender. Tell me about man pain and girl suffering. Oh, good lord. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> I want to know about man pain and girl suffering. Well, there's plenty of both in this arc, in this show, really. So... Are these terms you made up? Man pain is not. Man pain is is a term I've seen on the internet quite often. It refers to, um, you know, when a male character is suffering and he's all angsty and, like, we have to feel bad for him because, like, his life is so hard. He has to take care of all these people and everyone around him is in pain and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> this is Matt. <laughs> yeah, basically Matt. <laughs> Matt is the is the man pain character for season one. Although Ty has some of it too sometimes. There's like one episode where he has it. <laughs> but no, Matt's totally the man pain guy. And the girl suffering. And then but then there's the the idea of that an idea that bothers me that the that that the way the girls suffer in this show is how they grow. It's not about them necessarily overcoming it. It's about them feeling the pain, feeling empathy, feeling I don't know. Kari, she is girl suffering. Like that is her entire character. That's true. <laughs> Kari is like, I will take on your suffering and suffer it for you. And that's supposed to be like this great and admirable thing. Like, yeah, sure. Protecting people is great. And and wanting to protect the innocent is great. But like, it's not her fault. When she claims that it's her fault, nobody explains that. No, it's Mayota's fault. I hated that part where she's with Matt and she's like, oh, no, it's all my fault. Right. And Matt, I mean, I, I can understand, I can understand Matt not knowing how to comfort that because Matt sucks. But like, <laughs> oh, my there was, God. did he even say it's not your fault? He probably he might have. He did say it's not her fault, but he didn't do a good job of it. I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was really awkward. But I, I mean, I, I think her, her decision didn't come down to it's my fault, but it came down to like, I can let Matt and, and Sora suffer or I can. Like, no, I, I, I know that. Like, I'm not saying she shouldn't have made that choice, but nobody, like, explained that it wasn't necessary for her to make that choice. But it wasn't that situation. Like, they were losing, and, I mean, it's, Digi- it's Digimon, so no, one, no one's going to die, but I mean... It wasn't necessary. She didn't have to. What, what would have happened if she hadn't? They would have died. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's not her responsibility. <laughs> I, I, I want to see the fan fiction where, where Matt and Sora died together as lovers. Yes! 
And then, and then, yes. and then goes on her own and is like, I don't care about anyone. And then she and Gacha want to become like the most badass little terrors ever. Yes. No, because Gachamon was killed by my Otismon because she didn't go help her. She doesn't no. give a shit. Why would Gachamon be killed by my Otismon? My Otismon needed her to find Kari. Yes, so. This is so good. Oh my god, I, I'm down with this. <laughs> I, wa- I wasn't going to bring up speculative fanfiction today, but you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Kari, Kari is suffering. Kari is always suffering, Kari. Like, I, lo- I like her. I want to like her. The, the writing, the story, the story is not fair to her. Like, you like her because you have to like her, you know? Like, she doesn't do anything wrong, so you're like, well, exactly. I don't see a reason why not to like her. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's so the the issues with her and giving herself up in this are are so. I definitely agree that it's like weird to portray women and just women this way. But I'm like, it makes so much. I just it makes so much sense in this scenario. Like, I feel like if it had been a young boy instead, I feel like they would have had a similar reaction. That doesn't really excuse it because I mean, it still gives the impression this is how females should act. But I mean, in a way, we have had a young boy in this situation. TK was targeted by Devimon from the start, and it still wasn't like this. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like, nobody. TK TK never even thought of giving himself up. That's true. TK never thought that. <laughs> I think, but the, it, it's a scenario. Like, Mayerisman is the one that is scheming in a way that's like, you know, like, there, I don't think there's a situation where TK could have been like, Devimon, like, take me instead and let these people alone. Like He couldn't. But, like, the fact that that never came up. Like that was never on yeah. the table. It's it's a woman's a woman has to give herself up. A woman has to suffer. A woman has to make the choice to let others go before her. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's black and white. Like I had in my notes that I'm like I don't know whether I like or dislike Kari giving herself because I like how it you know she has control over it. She chooses to do something. She chooses to protect them. But then it's yeah, it's like she it's the same thing with like not eating to let Ty eat all the food. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was my favorite moment, but I'm kind of a sucker for these things <laughs> because ugh, I feel like my life is so complicated. Like I spend most of it <laughs> trying not to fulfill those things in my own personal living life. Oh, I, I thought you meant like the past couple of days. I was like, because you've been no. playing too much Final Fantasy Tactics. I have not been playing Final Fantasy <laughs> Tactics recently in the past couple of days. <laughs> been the least since the weekend it's like tuesday right i don't know <laughs> all right <laughs> no but like i spent so much time running from these representations and trying not to like trying very very consciously not to fulfill them in my own life but then when i see them in literature i'm still like yes that is what i want out of everything i mean it's not what i want out of everything but when i see it i'm like i like it <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm I don't know. I didn't have a specific thing to say when I brought up man pain and girl suffering. I just wanted to work out with you guys like why I'm okay with laughing at Matt's tears <laughs> but not <laughs> Kari or Mimi's. I'm okay with Matt crying. He can man pain all over this show and I'm okay with it. Yeah, there definitely is a gut reaction of like, I see Matt cry and I'm like, whatever, Matt. And then you see Mimi or Kari cry and you're like, oh no, let me comfort you. Well, I also have a, a, I mean, I have that reaction a little bit about Matt. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe 
because he's 11. I'm a terrible person. (laughs) The only only thing that I laugh about Matt is that he's like, you know, supposed to be the cool guy, kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like that contrast between the cool guy and the crying guy. And (laughs) when I laugh at it, I don't... I really like that, you know, that they can, rep- yeah. that they like give a role model that is supposed to be the cool guy who is not afraid yeah. to cry and not afraid to show emotion. And yeah. I really like that. I still find it funny at times. Like, I don't think, I don't think my finding it funny, you know, dismisses that or says that it shouldn't be. I guess ideally that would be the norm and it wouldn't be, wouldn't yeah. have any humor. I don't know. Well, I mean, okay, I'll get into my manhood. This is a good segue into manhood, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't say I'll get into my manhood. That's just weird. Last time I, I promised to talk about how the show presents bad things about manhood as well. So I'm going to fulfill my promise. <laughs> the things with Matt is just like, my reaction of laughing at him is also tied up with like, Matt, get your crap together. Like, you're just pounding a wall. Like, come on. And that's like totally tied up with like, you expect him since he's a cool guy and he's just a guy. You expect him to have his crap together and like be protecting people all the time. Like, you can't lose it. And when he, when he does, it's just funny. Part of it is Matt is always trying to be that, and he never succeeds. Ever. That's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> part of it is Matt just is funny. Period. Like his, <laughs> who he is is funny. But but yeah, continue. But there no, there's other instances where Ty is also doing the wall pounding thing, and you're like Ty, just no, just chill out. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought the most insidious incidences of manhood were with their parents. Mm-hmm. Specifically, Mimi's dad and who else's dad? Matt's I'm dad. blanking. Yes, Matt's, Matt's dad. dad. <laughs> That's such a <laughs> duh. Who um, else could it be? So with Mimi's dad, it was like <laughs> Mimi's dad. It was hilarious. He flings himself into a situation where he drives a golf cart towards Dark Tyranima and like he's gonna do something, and then he just totally gets knocked over. And then Mimi and her mom rush up. And he's like, I did a very foolish thing just now. And her mom is like, no, it was the bravest thing I've ever seen and all these things. And I'm like, no, no, it was dumb. Somebody needs to tell him that he was dumb and like that it's not brave to just throw yourself into these situations headlong because you're a dude and like you think that's cool <laughs> um but aren't you inferring gender out of that like i don't see no. well why didn't mimi's mom do it mimi's yeah. mom and mimi's dad have very similar personalities yeah and so does mimi <laughs> yeah well didn't see any know. of them doing it i I have, I have more to say about mimi's mom and that scenario also like all the moms are shown cooking like i think literally every mom is shown cooking in this arc and even Mimi's mom who is terrible at it is like you still have to cook because you're a woman <laughs> okay I don't I don't recall seeing Ty's mom cook Ty's mom definitely cooked Ty's mom cooked there was a scene in their kitchen I don't remember seeing TK's mom cooking yeah TK's but... mom TK and his mom only like one scene while they're watching TV at home and Sora's mom I couldn't really see Sora's mom was cooking really she was cooking yeah yes mm. or possibly washing dishes I don't know I thought she was just like staring I thought she was just staring there being empty she was in the kitchen <laughs> she was in the kitchen okay no she was doing something yeah i thought her hands were moving or something she was doing something in the right. kitchen. and then when you see the moms i don't know where sora's mom got her somewhat convincing bakemon costume that quickly but <laughs> right <laughs> that's a different story i actually have always assumed they like took it off a of bakemon <laughs> 
Really? Huh. But it was longer than... Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know how I justified it to myself, but I was like, yeah, they just totally beat up some Pokemon and took their skins. You know what I like to think, which I, I just thought of in this like past couple minutes, is that mm. it's an old Halloween costume that they shared when she was a, when she was a little kid. That's what I was thinking. And it's like, I like to think of, like, oh, let me pull out the stuff of when Sora was a little girl and we went trick-or-treating together and we had so much fun together before <laughs> she hated me. And- <laughs> Now I'm crying. We were Bakemon, even though... <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, they were totally, like, the black parts of the Bakemon going on, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> That's racist. Um, anyway. <laughs> no, Continue! <laughs> Continue! Yes. All right, then what do we got? We got Matt's dad. Matt's you wanna, dad. You want to talk about Matt's dad's uh, ass? Matt's dad is played by George Clooney, and... <laughs> And also Brad Pitt. <laughs> and also Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> no, what do you want to say about <laughs> Well, I'm thinking of the specific in the very beginning when he's with his reporter people, his like three lackey people. Mm-hmm. And he again, he also throws himself into a situation that's completely stupid and mm-hmm. his van gets knocked over. Mm-hmm. And you also see him having to like protect his three lackeys because he's the head macho man he's the alpha male <laughs> he's the he's totally the alpha male like he's just, legit out of all alpha of them. male yeah. <laughs> and he smokes yeah. he smokes he has that gruff voice about him yeah and he was like too manly for for right. their mom or something like <laughs> There was some manly, like, I don't have emotions, I'm not looking at you thing going on at the end there. Yeah. And I guess my takeaway from all of this was just that the men very much purposely threw themselves into situations. Dude, did Matt's, or Matt and TK's dad, I, I can't actually think of situations where he threw himself into danger. The one thing I think of is when they're in that car, and they're just... Right, that's the incidents I just described. That they're, they're just in their car. They're just sitting in their car on the street, and Matt's dad's like, here's a dark tyrannomon walking by, and is like, his first reaction is just like, turn off the lights, let's hide. That doesn't seem like he's throwing himself into danger. Well, Matt's dad also left Matt in the place, and then he went to go Yeah, and then something. he ran off. Even though Matt's the one with the monster that protects him. Yeah. 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 I mean, yes, Matt is 11 and should not be fighting for you, but still, yeah. Matt's dad should also not have been doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Also, a construction site doesn't seem like the perfect, doesn't seem like a safe place to leave someone. One more thing is that Jim has a motorcycle. That's pretty manly. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Even the kiddos can be manly. Well, that's a different topic. I don't know. Is, is, it, is it a motorcycle or is it a scooter? It's a motorcycle. I don't know why Joe said it was a scooter, and I don't know why he implied it was his. Oh, that's stupid. But I mean, no, isn't it like a Vespa? I thought it was a motorcycle. Was it a scooter? I I know I was looking at it really skeptically. (laughs) I was like, that doesn't look like a scooter to me. It looks like a motorcycle. Maybe it's a scooter. It reminds me more of stuff like Vespas and like things I think of as actually being more for women. Hmm. I have nothing to say about Jim's gender. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't spend enough time with him. (laughs) No definitive scenes. Well, I guess he's a doctor before he's a man. There you go. (laughs) Although it does bug me a little that apparently all the men in Joe's family are doctors. (laughs) 
we, I don't think we, we don't know much about Joe's family. Joe. We know that his dad's pressuring him to be a doctor, and both his brothers are already doctors or in medical school. We don't know about his mom. We don't know anything about his mom. His mom could be a doctor, too. And just because they all are doctors, not a man thing. But I think the fact that they never, ever, ever mention Joe's mom ever is pretty telling in and of itself about the gender dynamics in Joe's family. <laughs> That's true. No comment from you. <laughs> Well, manhood in general, since we're talking about Joe, the things that Ash previously said he, that he liked, the line that really got me was in the last episode of this arc, so episode 39. Mm-hmm. And they've all met up, and Joe's brother is joking. He's like, you have to go save the world. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, you have to make sure the sun comes up. And Joe's <laughs> like, I'm going to make sure the sun does come up. And then Sora and Mimi get really excited. They're like, Joe, I didn't know you had it in you. And Mimi's oh, like, what a man. Were, they were teasing him. No, They were. Yeah. But okay. still, the instance of like, what a man for Mimi. Mimi, why do you always have bad lines? I want to like you. You just make it so hard. <laughs> <laughs> we should We should have watched it in Japanese. I feel like it would have been less awful on that front. Yeah. But it's just like, Joe is finally reaching his... His manhood. Except not. <laughs> Except not. Well, because he'll always be... He's trying harder. <laughs> he's trying. That's the key. <laughs> he is trying. He is. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really support reading into these lines too much because I'm just like, this is just stupid dialogue that is stupid. No, but that's the point of everything is. Like, you could argue that anything is stupid dialogue and it doesn't mean anything. That's what people who get really mad about anything on the internet are like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I see your point that, like, even if it's stupid, it's still influential, but it's just... It's the more little instances that you bring up and you make people conscious of seeing, then you kind of hope that there are less slash none at all in future things. (laughs) I just, I mean, we're reading so much into them saying manly, and I'm like... I feel like in this case, it's more of a, like, opposite of cowardly than it is, like, this is what a man does. But why would you choose man? How, give another synonym for the opposite of cowardly. Brave? Brave, yeah. <laughs> like, like, or, wow, Joe, that's so cool. Or, wow, Joe, you're becoming so mature. And the fact that you think man equals opposite of cowardly just says a lot. I don't. I, I'm saying, I'm saying in this like words have different meanings in different contexts and in this context that's what it means no it meant man <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, yeah I, I, I yeah okay yeah, i agree manly like in this context it means like providing and supporting others and doing all this i just i guess i just don't buy reading it as much because i'm just like oh, this line is so stupid and nonsensical and weird and and so i want to forget it happened so yeah i'm not gonna let you forget <laughs> never forget never forget you see okay jeff what about this instance in episode 38 matt and ty are about to be shot by um Angemon and Angemon's arrows and they have their whole back and forth of are you scared of course not it's a piece of cake and then they're like but i'll just hang on to you to make sure that you don't chicken out or anything is what matt says yeah and it's like they can't they can't admit that they're actually like they have to put on that brave face and that is, again, playing into exactly what you just said of, like, men have to be the opposite of cowardly. 
Yeah. And it's like at the point where you have two concrete instances of this word being used in this way or like this idea. Wait, but they didn't but they didn't wait, they didn't talk about being manly. Okay, but it's like it's clear what they're going for. It's still it's still there because they are two dudes and they have to construct this elaborate excuse to seek comfort from each other. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think I think I think it's a difference. This is a situation that is more um addressing the way that men or boys are taught to she, to express emotion. Yeah. The expression the emotion of being brave. <laughs> no, I mean right. I mean I I think no matter the gender of who is in that situation, they would have had to pretend to be brave. I think it more expresses how that manifests. You know, like I don't think that's true. Well, no, anyone would have had to like put on that brave face. Like you wouldn't just have someone being there, being like turtling into a shell or like crawling into a ball and be like, I'm about to shoot an arrow. Like they'd have to like stand up there and be like, I'm going to be hit. It's just the way that they like a boy does it to be brave. They have to be like, yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Secretly I'll hold your hand to, for protection. Whereas like, you know, like if it weren't people who are trying to be so, you know, like represent the typical manliness, they could have been like, yeah, I'm scared. Let's do it anyway. There's a complete difference in the way that I would perceive a stereotypical girl doing this. Especially if it was a girl and a boy. It would be like, the girl would be like, I'm totally scared and try to like get out of it somehow. And the dude would be like, yeah, it's okay. I'll protect. Like, you'll be fine. We're going to do it together. And like... (laughs) I'm confused. What are you? I'm confused. What What are you like? You're reading into potential scenarios of things that haven't been written, yes. and I I don't think a girl would have tried to get out of it, but I do think the the action of holding hands would have been. In, I would have interpreted that very differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if I, I think if anyone was in a, a situation where they had to have their their younger sibling like do a potentially very horrible thing like that, and they had to go along with it, I think they would put on uh, a brave face. I think it's it's also like in addition to bravery, this had to do with faith. You know, they had to believe that they wouldn't die from being shot by this. Yeah. The prophecy was so clear. <laughs> the prophecy was like a spam email that Jenna sent Izzy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the next email would have been, shoot, sorry, Izzy, please don't open that email. Now your files are all corrupt. I mean, it's like a chain letter. (laughs) So clear. (laughs) I mean, I I definitely agree. Like, I I agree it's worthwhile to read into how, um, like, that interaction teaches boys, teaches how boys can express emotion. But I think, I don't think it's the only guide, especially considering how much Matt cries. (laughs) And how much he overtly <laughs> expresses emotion and how he literally falls into a pit of his own darkness. But we just talked about how it's funny does. Us. I don't think it doesn't think it serves it doesn't make doesn't make it not serve as a role model. I still think it's problematic the way Matt deals with emotion because there's the scene in the last episode where he's talking to his mom and he just like can't <laughs> communicate at all. Yeah. So there's Matt is not a perfect He's not even a, a good role model for expressing your emotions. <laughs> no, to- totally not. Of course. He does cry a lot. <laughs> Points to you, Matt. <laughs> for your tears. I think it's always obvious he's trying really hard not to cry, though. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's true. He's making very angry faces. Like, oh, these tears are falling <laughs> from my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my man voice. I mean, his eyes are just his eyes are just kind of like that. His face, <laughs> he true. just has an angry face. <laughs> That's true. He does. <laughs> his eye shape is just <laughs> anger. So pretty. So pretty. Not at all. Ew. 
Okay, so this is the first arc where we meet most of the family, aside from we met Ty's mom before and his, and his dad, and we met Izzy's parents too. Uh, I, I think I've mentioned before, I find it weird that they shoehorn all that in to these episodes. And it's also the, it may not be the, the last time we see them. I'm pretty sure it's the last time we see them with the kids. I think we may see them like watching fights yeah, later on. We see them watching the fight with the Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I consider family an important part of how kids this age would act um, and like what it forms them. And it's as a recurring, it's a very big element in Tamers. And so I thought it was worth, you know, like exploring in this arc at least because it's the only one where it's really relevant. So Ty and Kari's parents, um, we met them before. I don't really have much interesting to say about them in this arc. The one thing I remember, and it might actually have been the last arc, was um, there's a moment where I think their mom is cooking. So, I mean, it goes back to the thing we're talking about with with the mom's already cooking. But Mm -hmm. Kari and her dad are watching TV. Mm -hmm. And they're just, like, watching TV and laughing. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool because I feel like you typically see, like, the guy with the dad and the girl with the mom and... Mm-hmm. I just thought it was cool to see like the girl, like the the little girl and the dad, like appreciating the same humor yeah. and just like, I don't, we didn't see what they're watching, I guess, but I don't know. Did you think that was anything meaningful behind that? Or is that like typical? I thought it was typical. I also thought it was cute. Mm. I thought it was typical. I watched plenty of things with my father. Yeah. Well, you're rare. What? There, there is a sort of a, a father and daddy's girl thing going on in, mm. in American culture anyway. True. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking that like, especially in terms of how we've been talking about Digimon being a show for girls, they're the opposite. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I've oh. been sitting here thinking the past 10 minutes about rewriting the entirety of Digimon with Mimi and Sora as the heroes <laughs> and how different it would have been. Please do that. <laughs> it would take a little bit too long. <laughs> Uh, right. So, I mean, I guess there are like sitcoms have a broad appeal, though. We have to assume they're watching some kind of sitcom or some kind of thing like that. Well, I assume they were either watching that or a cartoon. Mm. Yeah, my dad watched plenty of cartoons with me. Okay. And yeah, moving on to Sora's mom. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did you notice that she just like did not look at Sora that first time we saw her? Like Sora was talking to her and she didn't say anything. <laughs> what? So, Ashley, I think... So uh-huh. I want to know, so my first thought was Hunger Games and Candace's mom. Why? Because she's like... Completely mom. emotionally distant, like unresponsive, yeah. like a shell of a woman, shell of a person. Except she's not that for the rest of the thing. It was just like a really random, weird... Ugh. Yeah, with Sora's mom, it was just like that one scene. Well, so, so what I'm wondering is like, is that a thing in literature or media to have a mom who is just like completely zoned out? Yes. Yeah. Are there other common examples or like things we should know? Mm. Hard to think of examples off the top of the head. <laughs> right. Yeah. You should have prepped us for this. Because I mean, is, isn't it similar in Hunger Games where like she's, you know, a complete shell of a person and then once stuff happens, it's... they need her skills and she's like back into action? The kind of, I guess. Except the motivation is different because Katniss's mom is... So, so spoilers for suffering. Spoilers girl for suffering. Hunger Games. We're talking about. <laughs> I mean, we're we're thinking. I'm thinking like we're talking about stuff from the third book, right? We're going to be no. She, it's explained in the first book that. All right, I don't. I don't mean like the explanation for why she's a shell of a person. I mean the fact that she gets. Out it's of implied it. that she's like she's in. She's okay by the time yeah. Katniss gets called into the games. Oh it's really? Just Katniss being like, yeah, you can't go crazy because I'm leaving now too. Like you yeah. need to keep it together this time. 
Ah, uh, okay. I my my recollection was that she was still a shell person, and then once Katniss leaves, she's like, I need to take no, care of her. Not really, but like no. she gets. She does come more to life when she has a task, which is true mm-hmm. of lots of people. Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely, like, better during the revolution. But also, like, the deal with, with Katniss and her mom is that, you know, it's strained because they're still mourning Katniss's dad, and Katniss shouldn't have been put in a position of responsibility for the family the way she was, blah, blah, blah. While with Sora and her mom, it's definitely more a a more common case of teenage, mis- or not teenage, preteen miscommunication mm-hmm. well we don't know what happened to Sora's dad right he's alive he's oh, really? I've, yeah I've read yeah, we see him later. alive oh really we see him later in he just doesn't two. live with them but I don't know I why I think he's just busy because they're not divorced um he's oh. a professor who studies um does he study the I four mystical beasts oh I, yeah I think he might <laughs> He studies the plot point for that episode? Yeah, I think that might have been a thing. But yeah, he's fine. He's just not there at that time. (laughs) I mean, there's definitely an implication that, like, not close with him because of that or anything. Yeah. I thought it it was interesting how Sora's mom's entire deal is that she doesn't want... She is controlling ones to work at the flower shop, which is kind of weird. But she doesn't want her to get hurt playing soccer. And... Sora, Sora is like, whatever, I'm going to go play. I'm going to go practice soccer. And then, then then all this shit goes down and she gets separated from her. So it's like, it kind of came true that like Sora went off on her own to play soccer and they got separated because of it. <laughs> it's true. Sora went and got herself kidnapped playing soccer. Yeah. Wow. She didn't get hurt, though. Yeah, she's OK. Yeah. I just I like how I guess I guess you'd expect like if you once you think about that you'd expect Sora's mom to be like how dare you play soccer when I told you not to but she's just like no I'm so glad to see you yeah because she was worried that her her daughter was in trouble I think that's a natural reaction in an (laughs) extreme situation. You start getting mad later. Also, I really like thinking that the uh, the Bakuman costumes. I really think the Bakuman costumes were old Halloween costumes, and that she's like dressed Biomon in Sora's old costume because that seems really sweet. That is kind of cute. That is really cute. Okay, we're we're gonna allow this cute story. <laughs> Although I I still like them skinning a Bakuman. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's gross. We're not going with that one. Like, what is underneath that? Like the, just the blue limbs? Only they know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> and I wonder if there's anything to. I mean, I find it interesting, but I don't know how much it is behind it that Sora has to choose to leave her mom behind. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Before resolving things. That kind of bugs me. It's sort of implied that, oh, yes, we both know we love e- each other, but like they never actually fix the communication issue. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they're like, wait, we can love each other, but also still have issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess not every issue needs to be resolved. And magically. it isn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Matt and TK's parents. Did anyone else? I like in my head keep thinking of like their dad as being Matt's dad and their mom as being Chike's mom. Yeah, that is totally I how I still thought. do that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just that's how they're shown. I mean, it makes sense because one is with one and one is with the other. Like that's yeah. I just don't but think like, of I don't think of TK I don't think of TK having a dad. I don't think of Matt having a mom. <laughs> well. It would explain so much about them, wouldn't it? (laughs) That seems weird. (laughs) God. That whole scene at the end with all of them together was just massively uncomfortable this time around for me. I really, I really don't like his, their dad's implication 
He says something like, I think she said that they're going off to say the vision board is selfish. And then he's like, well, we made selfish decisions. And the implication is that like they're getting divorced was selfish or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, it's more complicated than that. Yeah. Uh, and also going off to save the world isn't really a selfish decision. Yeah. I and I think mean, like, there's the obvious shadiness of Matt's dad where he... <laughs> He was like, he meets Gabumon and he's like, oh yeah, it's Gabumon or whatever. Well, I think Ashley brought up a good point where she was like, I know this because I'm an investigative reporter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Sure. Yeah. No, it doesn't make any sense. Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't know what Digimon were. Yeah, but because then he gets confused, like when Gabumon digivolves, he has no yeah. idea what's going on anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it, like I could believe him like overhearing Matt or something. Oh, that's interesting. I just thought it was a dub error. I don't think so. I think that's pro- probably in the sub. I, I could see that being like Matt thinking he's so secretive, and his dad's like, "Yeah, I, you've been talking to him for like a week. You're not not that cool." <laughs> <laughs> You live in my house. We're the only two people that live in this house. You sleep. You're sleeping with him in my bed. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I like that now. I like the head cannon. So okay, so there's just one moment when Joe and TK ride a kakumon away from the ferry mm-hmm. place, and so in in the Japanese, I don't know why I listened to. This. Oh right, I listened to this in the Japanese uh, because I found Joe's lines so ridiculous. Um, like when they're both riding Hakuman and Tika's mom runs up and is like, what are you doing? And Joe is like, in the dub is like, oh yeah, don't worry. I took a woodworking class with TK and like, I almost hurt my thumb and like, but I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And I was like, this is so ridiculous. This is so terrible. And like, then it keeps going. Like it's an on-running He keeps thing. talking about it. Wait, we mean like. In and the- TK does too. TK oh. is like, cause his mom is like, where are you going? Blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, don't worry. It'll be, it was okay in the end. Like, yeah, I missed it finger by a mile or something yeah it was just so weird and uh, so i wanted to see what they actually said in japanese and it's more like joe was just saying like don't worry i'll be responsible for him he'll be fine <laughs> which is weird because it's like yeah he's a responsible one i could see how reading those lines is what made them change it from faith to responsible um but then they eliminated those lines yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that the person who chose to rename it from faith to responsibility didn't wasn't the same person who translated those lines. Well, I think there's just issues with ever calling anything anything vaguely related to religious on American oh, yeah, totally. television. Yeah. Um, but so then, so then back to TK's mom. Um, so once they like start going to the distance, she has a line, and in the Japanese, it's saying uh, she just says, "Please take care of my children." I'm like, okay. Mm. That's kind of sad. And she's like leaving it up to Joe. In the English, she says, she says Now I've lost all of them. And oh, I was just yeah. tragedy. I was just like, So I, I bring it back around to like the, the dub thing. Like, I think this is like the dub in a nutshell where like you get stupid ridiculousness. And then there's like weird bits of like, there's so much texture to that line that like adds so much complexity to her emotion and like how she feels. And but it also at the same time, well, I guess both of them do this sort of you know female suffering thing Hmm. where she is only their mother or uh their mother and matt's dad's ex-wife like Mm -hmm. she doesn't have any lines in this arc that aren't like tk 
Yeah, she's definitely the least fleshed out parent. Which is ridiculous because mm-hmm. she shows up so much in season two. Oh, yeah, she does. She's like one of the few that actually like knows that stuff's yeah. still going on. and like, bring, But she brings them snacks and stuff. Well, actually, that's Adorable. Izzy's mom. Izzy's mom is oh. the snacks. Um, TK's mom <laughs> is the one who goes to talk to Oikawa. Oh. oh, Ikawa. I think they're both investigative reporters. What the heck? Anyway. Can't have other jobs. <laughs> Uh, maybe that's why their relationship was a bad idea. Maybe it sprung from a workplace uh, type of deal. Did you know that the plan for the narrator, which doesn't really exist in the English, but in the do- in the Japanese, the plan for the narrator was for it to be TK? Really? As a novelist? For the... Hmm. I guess like in, in the O2 epilogue, he does like close a book and is like, that was where our adventures, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. Deep. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can, I can see how that is problematic in that she's... <sighs> It's just about what, you know, like, her relations. She doesn't have anything in and of herself. But I just find it so sad. <laughs> I've lost all of them now. Exactly. Yeah. That's how you should it, Actually, for me, like, because it wasn't... She had no reason to believe that TK wouldn't come... Well, I mean, okay. He was going off into the darkness, but he still could have come back. It wasn't like he was saying he was leaving forever. It felt more like she's lost her ability to influence their decisions. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like to me. Like, she's been discarded as anyone who has has an opinion they want to hear mm-hmm. i was like tk you're a little jerk go back to your mom okay uh izzy's parents i think there's going to be some bleed over about the becoming a man stuff or manhood stuff but that you don't believe in i found it strange that the i mean we, we met izzy's parents before so they're not new in this arc but the whole digital barrier thing i found it strange that they like invested so much storytelling to this mechanic like they, they had to explain <laughs> what this digital barrier was like and then it's like it's like used in this one thing and it's like loosely described and so vague and i'm like why did you introduce this concept to then throw it away in a couple seconds mm-hmm. and i think to do that to like go through all those hoops to explain it they must have had a really good reason um they must have really wanted to have this this uh plot point of izzy taking care of his parents instead of you know, like letting instead of like return the favor of them taking care of him whatever yeah and i don't know i i, I feel like we talked a lot about his parents speculating about him becoming a man. He's 10. <laughs> but I, I like to think this is the payoff of that. And that, you know, like that becoming a man thing is like problematic, but that, you know, like he's growing into his own. And there's the obvious adoption um, conversation time bomb that exploded. And yeah, I, I liked how it was handled. I like how it was like in the things calm down and they're like, things are still kind of iffy. It's things going on. But I mean, we have some time to like actually, you know, reconnect. And like this incident was so traumatic that we thought we might never get a chance to tell you again. So I liked his reaction of like, he explained what his thought process was when he heard it. And he was like, his, his stages were pretended to believe he didn't hear anything. He made himself think he didn't understand it. And he tried to like, completely forget about it and then he tried to act like everything was the same as before and i like that that's the final stage of like being in denial like pretending to act like everything mm-hmm. was the same and then he's like but it wasn't mm-hmm. and i like that like once they get this out like they talk about it and he realizes it is the same like yeah. it doesn't matter yeah i liked it I-, I think there's there's something to to teach kids in that even if they don't have to face this exact problem it teaches them that like the things you worry about should get off your chest and act get off your chest and actually discuss and the and i guess like, i talked about this a lot in the home away from home episode that it teaches you that what you think is gonna be such a big deal like don't worry about it so much like it won't be as big of a deal as you think it will be i think that's a cool lesson mm-hmm. 
the lesson of all high school tales ever. Really? I feel like. Is this true, Ash? I feel like it's true. Uh, maybe not every high school tale ever, but I think it's a good lesson to learn growing up. Like, I keep learning it. Hmm. I do. On, on to Mimi's parents. <laughs> Mimi's parents are just like Mimi. It's really funny. <laughs> it's creepy, actually. How Mimi learned to be Mimi. <laughs> Well, so are you thinking of the, like, her mom's outburst in the convention center? Should I read it? Can I find it? You have it? I think so. Let me, what episode is it? Oh, it's the first one. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Mimi's mom says, I want to live life to the fullest. I want to pick lint out of, my, of the dryer, and I want to pick up after my doggy and watch soap operas. <laughs> she says this while crying. Yes. And this is while she's, like, she's... The context is she's complaining that stuff is going on around her. And I was like, why can't I have my life back to normal? Right? Yes. Yeah. Alternatively, in Japanese, her outburst, I think, I can't remember what they're doing in the dub, actually, like what the people are talking about. I think they're just like commiserating. But in Japanese, the group of people that are sitting around there are planning how to attack and how to escape. And what she has her outburst about is that she's like, I won't let my husband attack. I don't want him to get hurt. Mm. She she even says like if he dies I'll kill myself which is like what wow <laughs> and then maybe that was like uh, yeah, being liberal with the translation in the subtitles on Netflix but it's such a different dynamic it's such a like represents more of a, a caring controlling I mean it's not good but it's so different than just like complaining about your situation yeah yeah I feel like and not not that her like not that that's that outburst in the Japanese is like a good role model or anything I still think it's like problematic but I feel like the what they reduced her to was so much of a caricature in the same way that that like I think like everyone agrees that's what they do with Mimi in the dub make reduce her to mm-hmm. complaining and stereotypes and yeah it's a shame that will always be Mimi to me uh the last family thing is joe's family which we only meet a brother this arc right in both the dub and the japanese mm-hmm. yeah we I meet two I brothers think... in the dub and japanese he you? has two brothers i don't know if we ever meet both of them in the dub or ever or sorry in this arc or ever 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 oh okay because that i see that makes so much more sense because i was like i think in the last episode we mentioned that he had two brothers i tried to like research the other brother and like i found a name found two different names yeah, it's Shu, Shu, and uh, I don't remember the other one because he never shows up. <laughs> See, that's the, I tried to find images and I couldn't find images, and I was like, I thought they did this like crazy cutting of like cutting him out of scenes and stuff that makes so much more sense no i I just think we don't ever see him yeah i I could see how like it'd be easy to cut out those lines mentioning him but then what why was this last episode only 19 minutes instead of 20 i thought when you when you told me it was 19 i was like well it's so short i thought the others were like 23 or 24 but if they're only 20 and it was only one minute shorter i don't know it's like the epic battle though i wonder if there was more violent stuff in the kaiju fight something kaiju fight i mean venom is one is basically basically a kaiju yeah why can't you just call him venom man to, to people who don't know which i mean i didn't know what kaiju meant until pacific rim came out and everyone talked about kaiju stuff is basically godzilla movies well now there's a godzilla movie isn't there yes here we go. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So I shouldn't see it, right? Because that's yeah, you wouldn't good. like it. <laughs> the characters suck, but the monster fights are good. I heard no. they have a lot of like staring at the distance, being scared. Yeah, it was. Really... You didn't have anything to say about his brothers? Nope. There's nothing. To sh- I, mean, I mean, I don't know. We can. Jim is cool. Is he though? Is he? I think he's, he's yes. definitely written to be the cool older brother. I don't know how it works. Well, I don't know. I didn't even cool think he was cool. Brother. 
But I like him more than anyone's parents. You don't like Izzy's mom? What's wrong with you? I love Izzy's mom. I love Izzy's mom. But I like Joe's brother better. I've heard I've heard rumor that Izzy's mom has Has got it going on. How'd you know? I heard that rumor too. (laughs) Now we're just like spreading slanderous rumors about Izzy's mom. (laughs) With Tentum I've always spread them. Mr. Creeper. He didn't hit on her this episode, did he? No. But they finally met. What? What? Izzy's mom and Tentamon finally met. Oh, yeah. Yeah, No, wait. That was the thing that made me mad because she was like, she didn't faint when the Bakuman came, but then when Tentamon talked, she fainted. And I was like, wait, what? Uh, I thought that was just because, like, uh, the moment of terror had already passed. And Mm -hmm. then there was this talking bug. Gay. This arc is really gay. So I actually, did you see, there was a comment, there were a couple of different discussions on the With the Will thread about representations of gay characters after episode oh, yeah. six. And, um, cause I think we were, we were talking about obviously representation of female characters. And, um, I think this, uh, individual poster said that they were gay and they were wishing that they had more representations of people like them in media. And my reaction to this, like, and a couple of different people replied and like had intelligent discussion, make, mentioned some links to other things talking about it. And I was like, I don't, this isn't relevant to Digimon. So I don't know if we're going to bring it up in the show, but I'm so happy this conversation is happening here. <laughs> um, so now I'm, I, I'm eating my words because apparently it is relevant. So I, I even, oh, I, I even said, like, I said, if there's anything that particularly gay happens, then we'll talk about it. So, <laughs> oh my God, this whole art. Okay. So, I mean, the one moment I'm sure all of us noticed, at least, is Matt and Ty holding hands. Um, I didn't interpret that as gay, though. I, did. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> my full disclaimer is I never, ever, ever in a million years expected to ship Matt and Ty, but this arc and uh, a few before now. Wow. Really made me think about it <laughs> seriously. Because, um, like, uh, holding hands did not. Well, I, I put a lot of stock in the gesture of holding hands, but, like, that's a. But holding hands is, like, the cutest thing. <laughs> yeah, to me, it is also a very, like, because it's so cute, it's a very romantic gesture to me. I would find, like, a guy doing. Like, it'd be, like, it'd be really weird to just hold hands with a guy. Not, 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 like, weird, bad, but, like, you'd, you'd be, like, this is. It's not a thing that is encouraged. It's, it's not not like a friendly. It would be more than a friend kind of thing to do. This is what I'm trying to say. Which, it, which, yeah, like it doesn't have to be, but that's the way I think of it, and that's the way you think of it too, right, Jeff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just failing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, there were other things they could have done, like, you know, the manly arm around the shoulders bump thing. And they could have just fist bumped. Fist bump. I don't know if a fist bump was the, was too much of a thing back then. <laughs> I, mean, it, I don't think it's, like, a new thing. I mean, maybe it's, it's not a new thing, but it's not everywhere like it is now. Could have high-fived. They could have, I don't think high-five would bring a lot of courage. They, they could have hugged. They could have taken off their shirts but, like, the and fact was, embraced them before. <laughs> yeah, they could have done that. Hmm. No, they're 11. (laughs) I don't want to see their 11-year-old chests again. Again? Yeah. (laughs) I've seen them a couple times. But, um, like, you made me lose my train of thought. Thanks for the 11-year-old chest visuals. (laughs) But, like, it's, it's not just the physical gesture. They were seeking comfort in each other, not in anybody else. They were both going through the same thing. And in that moment, they were like, you're standing with me. And I'm glad that it's you, I guess. 
That yeah. would be reading too much into it. <laughs> you know, the uh, practical things are just like, we need to face this head on. And like, yeah. if we hold each other's hand, we can like make sure the other person doesn't chicken out. Yeah. Like it, it definitely wasn't that. <laughs> it's <was laughs> no. definitely like, we're gonna, I'm scared and, you know, hold my hand. <laughs> I, I also like, uh, I mean, we'll talk about this later, but I like how they, you know, get these, these evolutions together and... Mm. I like that Matt was the one who sought courage from Ty. And Ty was like, I'm glad you're here as my friend. Like, that was something close to what he said. Hmm. And But the, there were other moments, too. Um, when Kari was put in Matt's care, almost every single time he was beating himself up about something was, Ty's going to kill me. It was not concerned about Kari. <laughs> he was not concerned about Sora. Um, he was like, oh, my God, hmm. what am I going to tell Ty? And then... Is that gay? <laughs> I just think that it's kind of odd that... I actually don't like this. I think it's kind of odd that Matt was more concerned with Ty than with the fact that an eight-year-old girl just got kidnapped. True, true. I mean, I guess I didn't question it because it's like Ty told... Like, you know, like he promised Ty he'd keep her safe. He and did. he broke that promise. But yeah, yeah, it's like... And, but it wasn't even about Kari. Right, like she is more important than a promise. Yeah. Anyway, but then like uh, I actually can't think of anything else with Matt and Ty besides them going around and being like, "Yes, we, I get your orders, Ty. I totally understand you, and we're bros in this." But uh, Mimi and Sora is still real. <laughs> they were together a lot, and they held hands a lot, and they worked together very well. And they always—I never noticed this before. Like, but they always sort of like have each other's backs in a way they're always you know they're the two girls in this sea of boys and now they have kari but kari's eight and you know that doesn't that (laughs) sets her apart too she's eight and she like doesn't have any sense of her own self when did when did they hold hands a lot um give me one instance (laughs) i think when they found each other in the the what was it the convention center they uh-huh. met and like clasped hands. See, I don't remember them interacting outside of that episode, really. They also interacted at the end. Um, they were standing next to each other, and um, I don't know exactly what happened. Oh, when they found out that everyone's parents were okay, Sora was like, oh my god, phew, and like she sort of like curled in on herself to have an emotion, and Mimi <laughs> went to comfort her. <laughs> Yeah. I was so bored by that last episode. Whatever. (laughs) I watched it kind of fresh because I watched the first four and then I watched the last two again. Mm. You just want them to all be a thing now. I do. I used to be so about Ty and Sora and now I'm all about Sora and Mimi and Ty and Matt. So weird. I never expected this to happen. I'm 24 and a half. (laughs) I, 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 I didn't think it was possible for me to consider other ships (laughs) <laughs> at this point in my life <laughs> oh wait so 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 i thought you meant that like the fact that you're considering these ships in digimon was wrong but the fact you're talking about the fact that you're changing your allegiances oh no i'm all about shipping in digimon <laughs> so it's just that you're 24 and you're changing them yeah okay how dare I, I, you i've rewatched it a lot and i've never changed my mind about it now we make you look at it critically and stuff i i'm actually changing my mind i mean this doesn't really fit in the gay section but this is like the opposite of gay but i'm changing i'm seeing the what is it sorato more yeah i'm sort of seeing it more this time but i still 
still still don't really see it. Yeah. So I mean, we can. This is a don't want to talk about this too long in the gay section. These 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 people shouldn't be allowed in the gay it's section. Okay. But <laughs> we I mean, this can be the shipping section. <laughs> the gay ship. Um. And okay, so there was a piece of feedback actually on uh, it was on Reddit actually. Uh, sorry, I forget the name, but we'll link to this Reddit comment in the show notes. And they included a article. So it was an article written by someone. I don't think it was the poster. Um, who basically asked, basically, like, uh, I guess they like know Japanese and English, and asked uh, one of the producers. I can't remember if it was a producer or a director of Adventure and Adventure Zero Two. All these questions about Serato, and it seemed like it was a Serato blog that this was on. They basically like asked the. So it was the co-creator and series director of Adventure and Zero Two, uh, Hiroyuki Kakudo, mm-hmm. and basically this person asked them a bunch of questions on Twitter, and then translated them in this this post and the conclusion is basically that they planned Serato from the start before they even knew that they were going to have two seasons um, and about halfway through adventure uh, they were going it was going to be a prologue at the end of adventure that showed them being a, a couple in the future and once they just, they decided to push that off at the end of adventure zero two uh, I think they I think I think included here is that the the plan for TK being a novelist and the, him being the narrator was also supposed to be at the end of adventure mm-hmm. so yeah I mean that makes me having confirmation that, like that makes me like read into things more I think I from a couple other links on this blog, read into more. So now I'm getting deep into this fan. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not actually deep in this fan community, but it's something I had no exposure to before. That there are actually like communities about just about particular ships. pairings. Yeah, particular ships. Oh yeah. <laughs> but apparently, the uh, episode we didn't really talk about their relationship at all in this episode. But the one where the one where Garudamon first appears apparently is like a big deal in the Sorato community because. Sora is like going through her stuff and Ty reacts one way and Matt reacts another way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. everyone agrees that everyone seems to agree that Matt, the way Matt reacts, like just he gets Sora in a way that Ty doesn't. He does. I agree. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't interpret it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they both don't. They're not. They, Matt doesn't always get Sora. <laughs> in But in that specific scene, Matt is like, just leave her alone. It, it, to me, it was just like, I don't want to be dealing with this. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, to it's work it out too. on her own. See, see, to me, I I was reading that as he, if he were in that situation, he wouldn't want uh, everyone bugging him about it. I was reading it more as a projection thing than a, I don't want to deal with this thing. Yeah. And there's also an interesting note that a, it seems like the decision to uh, deal with uh, Tyora in our war game was made completely without this guy's. I mean, I'm, like, I don't know if it's conclusive that like it seems like uh, Mamoru Hosoda invent, invented that for the movie. Probably, and it makes sense if you like your main character is Ty, you want to have like a romantic subplot. What other choice do you have? Uh... <laughs> um, Actually, I, I kind of like tying Mimi now, but like a little bit. I feel like as a as a watching the dub, that would have been like what? I, I feel like I feel like the dub has made Mimi into a character that like it's just the butt of jokes, and no one would like her. That's mean. Except I like her. <laughs> <laughs> True. At the same time, she plays up the stereotypes of like what a cool person in high school would be mm. in YA fiction, <laughs> like the mean bully who's cool. <laughs> She's not mean to anybody though. Mean to the Gekko Man? Yeah, in that one episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So sorry for that, Serato. Poster on With the Well, I believe, was uh, Chalkmon. Um, yes. I want to see, because I remember in his initial post, he mentioned a couple pairings that he, uh, as a kid, particularly liked. I wonder if they're... Oh, and just looking at the thread now, and there's a new poster. Man. It's very detailed. Wait, I want to read the bottom of it to Asher, because okay. it praises Asher. <laughs> praise um, for me? Praise for you. Praise for me. <laughs> Uh, let me see, where do I begin? It says, I'm also becoming a huge Asher fan. You guys are all great, but Asher is super cool. Aww, thank you. <laughs> 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 <Thanks>. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> so the pairing that he talks about is uh, Daisuke x Ken and Taichi. I know a lot of people who like Daisuke and Ken. Hmm. And Taichi x Daisuke, Daisuke and Tagiru x that Yu. I don't like. <laughs> Just imagine two gobbleheads. I think you mean Withermon. Withermon, yes. Are we talking about Withermon? <laughs> he does wither. He does wither away. I, I like my interpretation from the uh, recap in that, like, his hat gets damaged and he can't live without his hat, and that's how he does. I. My only note for th- episode 37 says, I'm sorry my only note for this episode is how I will never get over how hilarious Wizardmon's oh shit, I'm dead faces. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I had other issues with the, um, no, I didn't notice that, but I noticed the um, leading up to him getting attacked. It's so poorly cut together or mixed or edited or whatever. Like, did you not notice this? Is it like really fast or something? No, so it's like, so earlier in the episode, he throws, he has a digivice, right? Because he got it off the raven's nest or whatever. And he throws it to Kari or something. I forget who picks it, who like actually catches it because they throw it back and forth a bunch of times. No, 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 no. Wizardmon has the tag. Ty has the digivice. Yeah. Right, right. Sorry. Wait, why does Ty have the digivice? Oh, because they gave it to him and once they revealed that she was the... Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, he throws the crest. And so there's like animation throwing crest. For some reason, once the bats, my husband sends the bats to, guys, I didn't really watch this in Japanese. I don't know why I didn't watch this in Japanese because this is clearly a weird dub thing. Wizardmon, or my husband sends the bats at him, or at Kari, and then it cuts to Wizardmon throwing something again. It's the same throwing animation, but he's not throwing anything. Like, I think it didn't have stock footage of him standing there or whatever. So it just like cuts to him throwing something, and then it cuts to the bats, and then it cuts to his hat being like in the white space or whatever. Like, you see it being destroyed. It's just so, like, I'm really curious now because there must have been something that was like too violent or something and they had to make do with what was there because this is just i don't i it putting it into words doesn't do it justice like <laughs> but if you look away for a second it's like oh no wizardmon like you don't see the how bad it is i just want ash to know that one of the notes i wrote for this episode is zudamon's crotch is awkward <laughs> um why it just is this is awkward <laughs> We write excellent notes. <laughs> we are very serious scholars of the digital world. I am definitely. <laughs> totally. I also wrote, oh no, wizard man, with like six N's. <laughs> so it looks like, I'm, I'm watching the Japanese now, it looks like they don't show Wizardmon for a while. So Angemon appears. I found it ridiculous how Angemon like digivolves three times in the course of like two days when he hasn't done it since he died before. But okay. <laughs> He's good now. He's fine. So, okay. okay so, Angemon attacks Wizardmon. Er, oh, 
keep getting the Angemon attacks my Otismon. My Otismon. Angemon hits my Otismon. My Otismon seems to take damage. Then he like turns and is like, I'm going to attack Kari instead. Then everyone's like, no. And the bats fly. And then like, they, you haven't seen Wizardmon for a while. And then his hat appears out of nowhere. And I guess in the dub, they were like, we haven't seen him in a while. So we need to remind them that he's about to jump in. So they put in that clip of him throwing something. Oh, it's just so... Just really upset by this. Like... If you don't have footage of him standing there, don't have any. Why did you? Why did you do it? Why did you do it? Why did you do it? Why did you do it, Jeff Nimoy? I don't know. He didn't. He didn't <laughs> wrote the script. I don't know if he edited. It's all Jeff Nimoy's fault. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying like his name's Jeff. Yeah, and it's always your fault. That's it's racist. Uh, what? <laughs> anyway, okay. So they're about Wizardmon sacrifice. I think there are three important reactions: our reaction, Kari's reaction, and Gatamon's reaction. I guess we already talked about our reaction. How did you guys feel about him dying? <laughs> That's sad. I will never. I I will always be sad about Wizardmon because he's like the coolest Digimon ever. I found the reactions to him more emotional than the actual... The actual moment. Yeah, but that's how I feel about most mm-hmm. deaths, so whatever. Gatomon's overflowing tears. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I find... It, one of the reasons I just spent, went on that rant about the, the cutting of the scene there is because I think the the way they just show his hat tattered and in like the white background, like it's so effectively... I don't know, like, I feel like it's so iconic and... Um, and then it's like, boom, his hat, and then him, like, I feel like that's done so well to then just throw in random cuts of him throwing nothing, like, so undermines that. Yeah. And, I mean, Gatamon's, I found Kari's reaction weird because she barely knows him. I mean, she just met him, so clearly she'd be upset, but, like, she seems weirdly so upset, and also, like, after Gatamon's, like, said goodbye to him, she's like, you're still okay, right? Or something? And it's, it's like she doesn't know that he's dying? I don't know. Or she doesn't accept it. Yeah, then she kind of ignores him and just talks to Gatamon instead, so I'm like... I feel like she's there to be sad, but also is kind of ignored and put to the side. Because, I mean, Gatamon and Wizard Marley ship's the only one we care about, personally. <laughs> the, on- the only ship that matters. <laughs> <laughs> Once you're paying. <laughs> yes. But yeah, seeing the tears in Kari's eyes. Oh, no, and it's her line, um, Gatamon's line of, like, I forget if she, like, if she says, like, we're friends forever, or she, or she just says friends forever. I really like that. I think she says friends forever. Yeah. Yeah. While crying. Yeah. Uh, I'm sad now. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why it's so effective. Because like we barely get to see them being friends, and yet like I at least really believed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have effective storytelling without showing a lot. It's weird in the instance of Digimon because no Digimon. <laughs> I, I just wonder, like, wh- how did it work so well? And I think it has to do with. My only theory is that how they convincingly sell Gatamon being evil up until that one episode where they explain her backstory. And it's like, what is it that makes her like completely flip? It's like finding out about Wizardmon. So I feel like you get the sense that like this relationship is what defines her as this good character now. Um, they, they could use this good character and it's like this thing that defined it, this thing that made it change in your head, that he's gone. I don't know. But then, I don't know, does Gatamon's character change that much after? I don't think so. I mean, she has Kari now, so she can oh, she, she can ditch that Wizardmon. She, she doesn't just, care. She just, she just passes that friendship up. <laughs> Cross them off the list. <laughs> I was going to have to get two birthday presents. Now I only need to get one. That, that solved that problem. <laughs> uh, or Withermon. Withermon. What do you think about this as an arc for Gatamon? Like seeing 
where she came from and then getting her revenge and closing that chapter. It sucked. It didn't feel very revengey to me in the end. It's like she was revealed as Kari's Digimon and then she didn't matter anymore. Hmm. It's like she defeated my Otismon, but not really. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, she defeats my Otismon and it seems really victorious. And then like within one episode, it's like, oh, she's like the strongest one of them now. And within an episode, nope, there's another one stronger. Two, two of them are stronger now. I feel like my impressions of this are permanently like painted. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. There's this one AMV that I saw, I don't know how many years ago. <laughs> That showed Ashley, that's why she's laughing. Um, it's set to... It's the fact that she would ever say the word AMB. This AMB really moved me. <laughs> Did I say that? Is that the, those are the words I used? I don't know. It's just the implication. So it, it it's basically, it's set to the song Fighter, I guess. And it's basically like, I feel like it's such an obvious fit. It's like about Gatumon like growing from how she's been abused by Mayotismon and finally getting revenge on him. And I feel like I fit that narrative onto it much more now. Like, I... I <laughs> I feel like there's not actually much in the show to give you that. I don't know. I can't listen to the song and not think of just 12-year-old me loving the song. <laughs> yeah, but I agree there's not much in the actual show to... I feel like it's this narrative that I impose on it. Yeah, and I don't feel like there's enough reaction from the group. I don't... The group doesn't seem to care about Gatamon. <laughs> yeah, like... Right. They, <laughs> so they definitely... They're skeptical of Wizardmon when he appears, but they're never skeptical of Gatamon. I guess they, they see her in captivity by my Otismon, and then she digivolves to an angel. It's not even a lack of skepticism. It's like a lack of acknowledgement. (laughs) (laughs) The one time they notice, they like talk to her is like, you know these bad Digimon best, what should we do? And (laughs) she's like, okay, well, I'm gonna ignore all you guys and take Patamon with me to go fight this guy. Right? What was that scene? (laughs) That that scene, uh, that, that logic was so like... So flawed. It's just another one of those, we need to set up this thing, so we're gonna do this thing that makes no sense. But I wish she had intuition, like, didn't, like, the prophecy mentioned angels, right? So shouldn't, couldn't she have just been like, we're the angels, let's do it? Instead, like, they could have just... Instead, she has to be surprised, be like, oh, we should digivolve into our angel form? Okay. Or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, hmm. Yeah, it was all stupid. I like, that was the one moment of serious confusion. I was like, what is the logic that just happened? Oh, <laughs> right. man. <laughs> and I was like, I get the prophecy is like, yeah, you're the two angels, but what? That's not what you said. <laughs> Yeah. I also just feel like Gatchamon is never as cool as she is in this arc again. I know, right? Or, or the last arc. Like, she's... She's never as cool as she was as a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sad, not even from a, like, you know, like, I wish... I, I feel like from a... um consistency perspective i care about this a lot but also just from a like she was cooler you know like we get a, we get a less cool character in the end mm-hmm. especially when she's nerfed in the second season without a ring right oh yeah and especially making that about her ring a ring <laughs> it's just you can't be a girl in this show and have power it's just not done but they subvert it with her and they take it away they don't even subvert it with her because they take it away immediately yeah <laughs> Yeah, just just watch the episodes where she like takes on all the champion Digimon by herself. Just watch it on loop over right. and over again, right? Just forever, ten hour loop. Yeah, we'll, we'll pretend none of this uh, ever happened. <laughs>
questions. Why did this arc happen? <laughs> Why did anyone um, make the decisions they made? Those are my unanswered questions. Wait, wait, wait. Did anybody watch... I forget what episode this is now. Where Kari's like, this is all our fault, Gatamon. Yes, that was episode... One of the two last ones. Yeah, and then Gatamon's mouth moves, but she doesn't say anything. She said, uh-huh, actually. Really? Yeah, I watched it. She said, uh-huh. But I not turned it up when, super not, loud. Not when her mouth is moving. <laughs> Uh-huh. So you mentioned that to me, and then I was like looking out for it, and I forgot. I don't know. I didn't notice it. I also watched it at like 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. or something. So Also, my Oismon has a line where he says, and no angel or Digimon has the power to stop me. And I was like, wait, so are you saying that Angemon and Angewoman aren't Digimon? Or what are you trying to say? <laughs> I think I think he was describing two distinct two different sets that might not be mutually exclusive, but there is an overlap in that they are angel Digimon. And the fact that you he's just saying like your Digimon, even if you're angel Digimon, not cool enough to defeat me. I think he's talking about real angels. <laughs> yeah, but that's how that's how season two should have gone. You know, like get real angels involved and just have God come in and be like, hey, yeah. what's up? My Otismon acknowledges that there may be angels and therefore a god. I think that's what should happen. I wanted to complain about... So I think it's in the first episode. Because I'm thinking like in episode 35. Because um, I think it's I think it's Sora's mom and Biomon and Sora meet up in the, within that episode. And... It's after the Bakamon come and attack or whatever, and Sora said she went off to soccer practice. So they dress up in their Sora's mom and Bioman dress up in their Bakamon's disguises and go to the soccer field. And it's just like the only way they know how to represent a soccer field is to have soccer balls everywhere. Like it's just littered with soccer balls. And I'm like, I understand this is like stuff has gone down since the Bakamon appeared, but like, why are there soccer balls everywhere? <laughs> And I'll have a picture in the show notes so you can look at this image. Um, there were a lot of soccer balls. And it's like, I do not remember it's like, this. Soccer field cannot be lit with soccer. Like, well, I mean, when you're doing drills, you have more than one ball on the field. But there are like hundreds. <laughs> it's like it's like um, Revenge of Digiboramon when there are the yeah. little things on all the cell phones everywhere. It's like yeah, that with yeah, soccer yeah. balls. <laughs> Um, Jeff, Jeff is angry about sports. It's like a Katamari level. Sports. <laughs> Ooh, why do we have them? This is a minor thing, but I was I was confused why TK and Joe have to take a ferry instead of taking the subway. Don't they explain that the subway is not running? Why? Because of the fog above ground. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there was one. I was confused by where the Bakuman and Phantomon were, but I'm pretty sure there was a scene where they were like destroyed or like put an obstacle in front of the subway entrance. Yeah, wasn't there like technical issues or something with the subway? Oh, maybe. Was the implication because of the fog, obviously? No, not because. Why does Why does Zudamon Zudamon has like a strap across his back, uh, or, like across his chest, as why if his show? Thor? I don't know. No, no, I don't care about that. He can he can be a Thor turtle, I for all I care. But he has like a strap across his chest as if his turtle shell is a messenger bag. Yeah. <laughs> Why is his crotch awkward? I don't know. <laughs> what is awkward about what is, I need to look at the picture of this? What is awkward about his crotch? The fact that I don't know, normally you like try to cover stuff with clothes or you like pretend there's something there, but this is just like So yep. it's the fact that he's like humanoid but they just don't cover that up at all? I'm trying to figure out what his buckle is now. <laughs> it's a shoulder strap first. I think it's just like Chill. to look cool, like he's also a Kingdom Hearts character or something. <laughs> it's or like... a shoulder strap for his messenger bag turtle shell. Yeah.
ridiculous dialogue draft, where we go around and pick our top three funniest, most ridiculous, or most touching lines from the episodes. Apparently, Jeff claims we're picking teams of quotes, like a sports draft, and I don't know, I still think there should theoretically be a winner. <laughs> but we don't pick one. <laughs> Here, episode 37. What was happening? I guess my original... No, <laughs> that's not what's happening yet. <laughs> episode 37. Um, my Rizmon has Gatamon, and they're playing the really dumb game of that both Kari and Gatamon fall for. I guess it's before that, and my Rizmon says, I've got you, my pretty, and your little cat, too. And I'm like, no! <laughs> Why? Why funny? Really, you just replaced its dog with cat, and it's a Wizard of Oz. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Jeff. Jeff, you failed. Right. Apparently. <laughs> My turn. So this is from episode 35. And it's uh, they're in it's the girls and the parents who are at the convention center. And um, it's right before they're making their plan, I guess. And um, Mimi's dad goes to to her mom. Well, you've been wanting to get away. Look at this as a vacation. And Mimi's mom says, who asked you to talk? <laughs> <laughs> And I laughed so much. I don't remember that. I don't remember this line. It totally happened. It totally happened. I think that's something I would say to Ashley. You would, though, because you're mean. <laughs> yeah. All right. Your turn. Uh, okay. So my first one is from uh, episode 36. Yeah. Classified under actually funny. And it is when <laughs> I actually tried to classify them. So remember. Anyway. Um, uh, so it's when, I think it's when like Phantomon uh, comes across Ty, or Matt and Sora. And like some, he summons uh, Tuskmon and... Snymon. to fight. And um, so he says, so Phantomon says, Say hello to Tuskmon and watch out. Avoiding his razor sharp horns is no easy task. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I just love that he apologized. <laughs> It, it was like a cheesy, stupid, ridiculous pun. But then the fact that he like apologized where I was like, okay. <laughs> so self-aware. <laughs> Phantom One was a great villain. We should have kept it around longer. Yeah, his voice was interesting. His voice was something. All right, I'll just go with a straight up bad pun in episode 37 again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> episode 37 was good. <laughs> The ridiculous dialogue death. Uh, uh, after Greymon has destroyed a bunch of Bakemon, Ty says, They didn't stand a ghost of a chance. So that, that was mine, but I had an extra layer on it, actually. Did you? Do you remember? Like, I guess you haven't seen every episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged of the Order. It's like, it's one of the first couple ones. I'm trying to remember what the plot of Yu-Gi-Oh! is that it's pirating. There's, um, oh, right, it's, um, what is it? It's like, oh, I think it's like Yu-Gi duels Kaiba or something. Then it turns out it's not actually Kaiba, it's a ghost. And <laughs> okay. they just like, remember this. and like, I think like in the dub, or like in the dub of Yu-Gi-Oh! They say, you don't stand a ghost, like he says, you don't stand a ghost of a chance. And it's like, ha ha, he's a ghost. But in Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged, they just like repeat that over and over <laughs> so like hearing it now in this i'm like oh my god <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll in the show notes i'll link to that Yu-Gi-Oh bridge episode please do i want to watch it <laughs> i want to watch it too so apparently it's not in Yu-Gi-Oh bridge it's like in the actual episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. they say it a ton so then he just plays all the different times where they say it. oh really <laughs> it's actually in a couple of different episodes it seems other ghosts my turn again um this is from episode 35 again 
and my Otisman goes, You meddlesome little flower child, it's time I plucked your petals. You're my favorite villain. <laughs> you just say these things without any self-consciousness whatsoever. <laughs> it's another self-aware quote. Um, it's in episode 36. Um, it's right after Zudamon appears. Padamon introduces him, like says, like, you know, like reads a digitalize or whatever, and says, That's Zudamon. He's the fully digivolved version of Ikakumon. I was wondering when he'd finally show up. Yeah, why did Padamon know that? Okay, well, yeah, it's ridiculous that Padamon knows that. That's a totally different subject. But, I mean, it's like, I like how they're like, yeah, it's for some reason these two Digimon have been delayed for a while. Um, But also, it's just like, Padamon, who are you to talk? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, it's my turn. Mm -hmm. Mm, Let's see. This is from episode 38. You're going to pick one of mine. Am I? When Jedi is talking about the prophecy. Oh, maybe not. And he sends it to Izzy, and he pops up on a screen or whatever. And Jedi says, Although this looks like a graham cracker, it's actually an ancient text. <laughs> and I'm like, and what? It, and it did look like a graham cracker. You thought it looked like a graham cracker? Okay. After he said it, I thought so. Oh. See, I, I, I don't find these, these Jedi quotes so... I don't find them funny, because like, they're so clearly not supposed to be funny, and they just, like, it's like bad... I, I, when you say you I'm like, this think they're is not ridiculous. supposed to be funny? You're a hater. No, no, they are supposed to be funny. It's just, like, so... It's like it is so if, bad. If it's so, if there's like a line where it's like it's so bad it becomes funny, then if you keep plowing past that, then it becomes terrible <laughs> again, and that's where these lie. Oh, Jeff. And maybe, maybe for you, there's that another territory true. past that where I don't know. Oh, so many unfortunate lines. So many. Um. All right. Okay. This was also from episode 38, and it was Demi Demimon, and he's introducing, you know, Venom Mayorsman. He's like Venom Mayorsman, King of the Undead. He's the Un, and you're the Dead. And I was just like, you yes. went there. You really went there. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually wondering now, like, I mean, I remember finding that so ridiculous, but um, I'm wondering, like, saying, like, you're dead is kind of something they usually can't say on dubs, I thought, like, talking about killing. Explicitly. Well, he just did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if got it because it's like, we're just talking about undead. Like, it's not actually about killing or some trick. I, I'm going to have to look out for that now. I haven't. Hmm. I'm not sure how much it applies to Digimon, actually. <laughs> hmm. So. I thought Ash was going to pick the one about the Digimommy. Oh. oh said no. it. I didn't. No, you did not. <laughs> I'm, too, I'm too fond of the Digimommy quotes to ever think they're ridiculous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> okay, so mine is. I only had three good ones and Ashley took one of them. Do you want one of mine? Uh, this one's okay. It's not so much funny in and of itself, but it's a reference to something topical. So in episode 35, sorry, it's one of my one is summoning the fog, and he says, Soon now, not in fire or ice, but in fog, this world will be mine! I love Myotismon. I remember that quote. He's such a dork. <laughs> but I, it made me think, it, I thought of Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> right, right. And I was like, I mean, that could be a real reference. It was a book at the time. It was uh, a book no, series. It was definitely not a reference. No, it definitely you, wasn't. You wish. But you wish. <laughs> I like to pretend that Digimon is topical to now, like to make these <laughs> fake references and then be like, wow, a sick burn on Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> You wish. Okay. Ashley always gets to pick a fourth. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Oh, And it's from episode 39. It's from episode 39. And Goemon. I love Goemon so much. (laughs) And Goemon climbs up on Joe and he's like, Like they always say, all for Mon and Mon for all. Uh... I'll be with (laughs) them. 
so bad. <laughs> I love Goma. <laughs> there are some of these that I was like, that's just so bad. I didn't even laugh. It's just, I'm not, not wasting my time. <laughs> Pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. I'm just wiping that from my mind. Oh, now you're reminding me in this ridiculous dialogue. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can find the show notes for this episode with links and images of everything we discussed at podigis.com slash eat. We're testing out something new this week. The episode page will have a comment section. So post comments there with your favorite ridiculous dialogue draft picked or any thoughts about the episode, anything you like or dislike about the show, anything like that. Um, we're Podigis on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr if you like social media. Thanks to we have a couple iTunes reviewers. I love, I'm why I can't wait for this. <laughs> okay, so so thanks to uh, CW Daly and Ush What? Yeah, look it up as. Yeah, this is someone who left a great iTunes review. If you want, if you like the show and want to be cool like them and help new people find the show, search iTunes for Podigis and leave us a review. Also, if you use a ridiculous username, I will attempt to read it on the air and make a fool of myself. Um, if you want to make your username be lyrics to some crazy song, I will sing it. <laughs> Next week, we're returning to a post-apocalyptic digital world to cover episodes 40 through 45. Don't worry, we still have our best buddies, Chumon, Piximon, and Waymon to help us. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I don't know why Ash is laughing so much. Bye. Do 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 do. Ashley, do you recognize it? No. Do 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 do. Price is right. Yeah. Okay, wait, so I'm looking at this, uh, this, uh, the cool website with the pictures of real places, and I'm looking at the, like, the bay where, um, where they take the ferry from, where TK and Joe take a Kakumon, a Kakumon ferry, and this is totally not the right place, because there's no way Kakumon in this real-life picture. Was it really worth that joke? Kind of. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yep, I remember, oh, so, oh, it's a tragic, tragic story. Um, I went to summer, I went to sleepaway camp, overnight camp, whatever, once. And it was for four weeks. It was in the summer between fifth and sixth grade. And it was uh, Card Captors was airing on WB. And they had like a, a bunch of episodes. And then they were like, and this summer, like, we're going to have a bunch of new episodes. I think it was actually the uh, in Card Captor Sakura, the final, uh, the third season, I think, or at least like the third, whatever, the th- whenever the third opening Aerial song starts. Yeah, yeah, that part. And I was like so excited. And I was like, oh, new episodes finally. But before I went to overnight camp, I like set up the VCR to make uh, on a timer to record at the same time each week for four weeks. I get back. I found out there was a power outage the day after I left and it reset everything. <laughs> I was so mad. What did? <laughs> and like my parents didn't tell me. I was like, what happened? They're like, oh, power. And I'm like, if you, you could have reset it. Uh. <laughs> parents aren't helpful. Like yeah. I'm just thinking like now, like the, I think I even left notes that was like, do not take out the VCR or not take out the VHS tape. Like, do not touch this. <laughs> so they listened. They didn't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that seems crazy to me now that like it, it rely, like recording relied on someone like leaving in the VHS tape and not moving it physically for a month. Uh, such a different time. It's scary how depraved we used to live. Yeah, I don't even know how we live. Like, how do we survive? I think he just he's meowing into Jeff's mic like in so, front yeah. of it. Hi, <laughs> Pixel. Meow. Meow. Let's walk away. He's bored. <laughs>
what if we talk like this? I can't. I'm going to cut that No. <laughs> I think in my head, I'm like, I can do it. I can imagine the voice. And no. No, you can't. No. Jeff Nimoy is like doing a job for a reason. Yeah. but <laughs> The same first name. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you know he's actually, I can't remember what kind of cousin, but it's a dis- he's a distant cousin yes, of Leonard Nimoy? Co- yep. I knew that. Wait, what? Leonard Nimoy. I don't know who that is. Um, he's uh, Spock. Oh, God. I'm sorry to everybody right now. <laughs> he also voices characters in Kingdom Hearts. He voices a lot of things. Leonard Nimoy? Or Jeff Nimoy? No, Leonard Nimoy. Really? I know I... he was in uh, Transformers. One of them. The animated series. One of the old animated series. Uh, his role in Kingdom Hearts is very, like, old man voice. Is it the wizard guy? From... No, not not yet, Sid. I think it's... um. I can't remember his name. The guy that was like the Keyblade Master that trained with, or that was like, oh, the uh, appears with Xehanort, um, Araxis. Yeah. Erechus. I asked if that guy was like a reference to the fact that Squaresoft <laughs> makes these games and they oh, told me no. Wait, who told you told no? They told me no. Who? I don't remember. The internet? Or Square? I think I was asking a friend about him. Uh, I was in Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, he's Master Xehanort. Oh, okay. He's Master Xehanort. I think, um, I think Erechus is Mark Hamill then. I don't know. <laughs> So he's Xehanort, so he's going to return in the future game. Well, he's there are going to be 13 different Xehanorts in the next game, so <laughs> look forward to that. <laughs> Kingdom uh, Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. Welcome to Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> the true organization. There, There is literally... Where is it? I need to find this link to put in the show notes. There is literally a wiki devoted to Xehanort. <laughs> like, not a page. An entire wiki. <laughs> Xehanort.wikia.com. I'm not slandering the people who write this wiki. I'm just like, this series is ridiculous. All people are listening to us to improve their English. Okay, that's a shame. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was a knock. It was a knock on our English, yeah. No. (laughs) It was an actual knock. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) See, Ashley doesn't remember that they all die. Wow, way to spoil her. Spoilers.